The following audio is from City Rev Church. For more information about City Rev Church, visit us online at cityrev.org. You can join us live Saturday nights at 6 p.m., Sunday mornings at 9, 10.30, or 12, or you can join us online at cityrev.org. You know, always at uh, this time of year, I'm always thoughtful of the things that have shifted in my life, and uh, this is um, no, no different. This year, my wife Rebecca and I, one of the things we're thoughtful is the shift that has happened in our youngest. Um, we, Rebecca and I have, um, my wife and I have three kids, and our youngest uh, just turned 20 months. And so the way that an eight-month-old experiences Christmas morning is uh, a little bit different than the way a 20-month-old experiences uh, Christmas morning. That just passing that one-year mark is a big shift in a child's life. And I, I'm going to illustrate that with you with this present here. This is a present that, um, that is a, a great gift for um, my, my daughter. A friend of ours gave it to us. And so like, if you sit down, there's some things that are similar. So an 8-month-old and a 22-month-old, you, you, you or a 20-month-old, you sit down with that child. They don't really know what this is. They don't know that they want this, that this is a good thing. And so you have to actually put their, their fingers on that and then they do like this motion right here. They pull like one little, little rip off and they're looking at you like, you know, is that what I'm supposed to do? And um, it, it, if you don't help it along with an eight month or a 20 month, this process right here is going to take about 45 minutes, okay? And so very quickly and eagerly, my older two, especially uh, my, my youngest, her name is Hope, her older, um, her older brother will very quickly, he's more than happy to help, and he will jump in and very aggressively rip off all of the wrapping paper, okay? And so then before the, the one-year-old or the, or the one just before one years old, there are two things. Now, here's the difference, I think, between an, an, an eight-month-old and a 20-month-old. My daughter, this year, the shift is she's going to look at the gift. She's going to be excited. It's going to be something like this little stacking cups or something and it's got like a little rattle ball there. She's going to be excited. She's going to want to carry it around. She's not going to want to share it. Okay. That's when she's 20 months. When she's eight months of these two things right here, what she's most interested is this. She's going to pick it up. She's going to crinkle it. Oh, that's exciting. She's going to start crinkling it. She's going to carry it around. She's not going to want to give it up. Inevitably, she's going to taste it. You know, she's got to decide, you know, how does that taste? Okay. And I remember with each of my children, their Christmas before they were one years old, I would watch how enamored they were with the wrapping. And I asked myself, why did I get you any presents? I should have just given you all wrapping paper and you would have been more happy and I would have saved some money. So I am excited in the shift that has happened with our daughter Hope. There's been a shift in her that now she's actually going to be excited about the presents that we give her. And so I've been thinking about how as with every passing year, there are some shifts that happen in our lives. And as I was thinking about my daughter Hope, I was thinking about that the, the reason we named her is that concept of hope is so powerful. And the reason we, we, uh, we named her that is because of, of the, the power that hope can have in our lives. And I realized I was thinking about this, that after a year like this one, I think there's been a shift in all of our hope. 
You have a year like this where, I mean, I, I don't know a single person that did at some point face difficulty, disappointment, being disoriented, being uh, disillusioned, just being exhausted or facing pain or facing loss or grief or, or physical ailment. I mean, this has been a challenging year. In fact, um, one of the reasons that we opened up the service with the song that we did is that, that service, uh, that, that song, uh, My Grown-Up Christmas List. And we love that, that song, and uh, our, it's really, our worship ministry has been really drawn to that song because of some of the lyrics. It talks about, hey, when we're little, we care about, you know, just the presents and the rapping, but, you know, as adults, our list is a little bit different. And it says things like, no more lives torn apart, it's one of the lines, that healing for every heart, you know, things like that. And, and, it, and it really, that song just really connects with us. What's interesting is we actually used that song last year. This time last year, that song we did as a special during our Christmas services. Right in the middle of the service, we stopped and we played that song. And what struck me as we were coming around to Christmas again, what struck me is how much uh, we had no idea bookending that song from one year to the next, how much that would resonate. And to kind of bookend this year, we wanted to, to lead off with, with that song because I think there's a longing in our hearts for hope. And I think after a year like this, what we often feel is uh, many of us, our optimism has been knocked down a little. Maybe our excitement, maybe we find our, with our, our sense of expectancy or anticipation, maybe in general we just feel down, we feel sad, we feel, um, well, hopeless. But here's my prayer for our time together is that as we talk about why it is that for hundreds of years we've celebrated this time of year, the, the, the whole story behind it, that you and I together will experience a thrill of hope, that it will kindle and inspire you not to lose hope. So I'm glad that you're here. I'm glad that you're joining us online. As we, as we pursue trying to recapture that hope. And maybe the shift in hope that we experience will be coming back to hope. And so here's what I want to do. I want to walk through this uh, parts of the, the Christmas story. Mary, Joseph, and baby Jesus. I'm going to be, if you have a Bible or Bible app, um, I'm going to be in Matthew 1 and 2. Just looking at a couple verses there. Because here's what I want you to, to show you. Is that the story, the Christmas story, we think of it as like this little stable. And there's like this beautiful little manger and like golden hay. And there's like the moonlight is perfectly coming through. And all the sheep that the shepherds bring are fluffy, okay. And they're, the cows are... Are, are, you know, lowing nicely in the background. And we just see this picturesque little scene. And I'm sure there was sweet moments like that in the Christmas story. But when you look at the Christmas story, there, it is an adventure. There are true ups and downs in the Christmas story. Especially when you look at it from Joseph's perspective. If you can think about how the story begins, Joseph is engaged to this woman and he finds out that she's pregnant and he knows the baby's not his. And so what goes through his mind is... Okay, this relationship's over. And so he's intending that he's going to break it off with his, with his fiance. But he's going to try and do it quietly because he doesn't want to bring any more shame on her. And so he's about to break it off. And that night he has a dream. And God's saying, it's so intentional with this story because this story is so important. It affects every human being in existence. And so God's not about to let his story derail. 
And so what God does is he sends an angel in a dream to Joseph and says, Joseph, the life inside Mary's womb has been placed there by God. That's where this baby came from. Don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. In fact, you shall call him Jesus. He has come to take away the sins of the world. And when Joseph finds that out, I mean, that changes the whole situation, does it? This is not a shameful circumstance. There's actually only one thing that could take, make this circumstance not shameful. It's that it's Jesus from God. And so Matthew goes on to say, this is... Um, Matthew chapter 1 in, in verse 23, Matthew goes on to talk about the significance of this. Here's what he says. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. This is like 700 years before this moment. Here's what it says. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Joseph finds out that this child is from God to take away the sins of the world, but not just from God. It is God in the flesh. Incredible story, an incredible step of faith, and he, he's obedient. And that's the first dream. Actually, through this story, he's going to have three episodes of various dreams where God speaks to him. The second one happens when they're down in Bethlehem. And they're there, the uh, baby Jesus is born, and now these, all of a sudden these wise men, these magi show up. They've traveled across the desert, hundreds of miles away, an entourage of camels. They show up at their little house, and they walk in, and they say, and they tell them this incredible story they've just experienced. They followed a star that rose in the sky all the way here to look for the king that was born. And they bring him these, these gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They bow down and worship baby Jesus, and they leave. And while their heads are probably still spinning by this, Joseph has uh, another dream where God once again appears to him um, and speaks to him through an angel. And an angel appears to Joseph and says, Joseph, you need to get up, get married, get the child, and you need to go to Egypt immediately because the king, King Herod in Israel, has gotten wind of baby Jesus and he's going to try to kill him. Again, immediately Joseph obeys. He gets up, gets Mary and Jesus, and he travels down to Egypt where they stay for a little bit. Now, that's, an, I mean, that's a crazy journey. To talk about the, the ups and downs of this journey, that's a, that is a crazy journey. That's not just like us booking it up to St. Augustine or something, okay? This is in ancient times. I mean, this is a crazy thing. I want to show you a map because I want you to get an idea of what this journey would have been like. Okay, if you can see this map at the very top, that's Nazareth by the Sea of Galilee. And then down below that is Jerusalem and Bethlehem. That's where they're at in Bethlehem. They have to travel all the way down across over to Egypt uh, through desert. It's probably a very expensive, very dangerous trip, but they have to go all the way down south to Egypt. This was an incredible journey that they went on. But there's nothing that makes this journey down to Egypt interesting because Egypt is uh, very symbolic in, in the Bible. Because the main, think about what the main symbols of Egypt, if I were to say Egypt and the things that you might visit in Egypt, what's uh, some of the first things that come to your mind? The pyramids. Well, that's, remember, they were there thousands of years before Mary and Joseph, so even back then, that's what you thought of when you thought about Egypt. And what are the pyramids? Pyramids are graves and tombs. All of these monuments that people, even to this day, go visit in Egypt, Egypt is full of graves and tombs. 
And so it's this symbol in the Old Testament as the place of graves and tombs, the place of death, which makes it even that much more ominous, let alone the history that Israel has with Egypt for them to travel all that way. But all that was part of God's plan because here now in Matthew chapter 2, here's what uh, Matthew says in verse 15. This was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet hundreds of years earlier. Out of Egypt I called my son. See, this was still part of the plan. Even though they're going all the way down to Egypt, God says that's part of the plan because I'm going to call you back out. So before they go to Egypt, it's already revealed that they will be coming back out of Egypt. Well, while they're there, they have, uh, Joseph has another dream. It's the third episode of dreams now. And in this dream, another angel appears to him and says, go back to Israel. Herod, the one who is seeking to kill your child, Herod is now dead. Go back to Israel. And as they're traveling back north up to Israel, he gets a second dream. So this, the third episode includes two dreams, which is significant. And he says, don't just go, and they're kind of going north, so don't just rise out of Egypt. The second dream says, no, go all the way to the north part of Israel. Go all, to, all the way to Nazareth and settle there. And so they go and they settle in, into Nazareth. That's where Jesus grew up. And that's why throughout Jesus' life and ministry, he was known as Jesus of Nazareth. And to this day, he's still known as that, right? In fact, the only time probably today someone's going to utter the word Nazareth is probably in reference to Jesus. But that actually was part of God's plan as well. Because look at what he says. I wanted to read you one more verse out of the Christmas story. Here's what it says in Matthew 2, verse 23. Again, this is a prophecy from the Old Testament. And he went and lived in a city called Nazareth. So what was spoken by the prophets might be fulfilled that he would be called a Nazarene. So the fact that Jesus is called Jesus of Nazareth, that is just how God planned it from hundreds of years before. That's out of the book of Isaiah, 700 years before Jesus was born. That's what God wanted. God wanted him to be known as Jesus of Nazareth. Why? Well, because in the Hebrew, Nazareth um, sounds almost identical to the word netzer, which is the, the, the ancient Hebrew word for branch. And that word branch, like a tree branch, that word branch is associated with the Messiah. Specifically, the word branch points to how the Messiah will be a king from the line of David. And that comes um, out of Isaiah. And it's the way the imagery works. You say, well, how does that have to do with a branch? Well, how the imagery works is it says there will be a, a stump where there used to be a tree. So the stump is the stump of Jesse. So that's the father of David. So imagine this family, royal family tree of David where all of those kings for generations came from the line of David. Well, it has been cut down, which is exactly what happened. The current king was not from the line of David. Herod wasn't from the line of David. Now there's a stump, but the promise was 700 years earlier, but there would come a branch from that stump, from that line, who would be king. So here's how God planted it. It's crazy how God planted as Jesus for all of history has been known as Jesus of Nazareth, and he's always been associated with this word branch. Why? Because he's the king. He's the Messiah in the line of David. And so when someone says Jesus of Nazareth, they don't even realize what all they're saying but God had planned it for Jesus to grow up there in Nazareth for just that purpose. Why? He would settle in Nazareth because he's the king. Now, I want to just kind of go back through that, that story with you um, tonight and see if there's this ups and downs of these adventures that they went through. 
But there's another thing I, I want you to see through that story. It, literally, it's an adventure, but it's also a picture of something. I want you just to trace the trajectory of Jesus and what that communicates. I mean, let's just go back through that real quick again. Because what does that first episode show us? The first episode taught us that it would be God himself who would come from heaven down to earth. Emmanuel, God with us. And what did he do? He came to take away sins. He actually literally took away the shame from the situation of Mary and Joseph. It was God in the flesh coming to take away sin and death. Well, how would he do that? Well, remember what happened in, in the episode two. How would Jesus take away sin and, sin and shame? Well, he would go down to the place of death. Jesus would have to die. That's exactly what he did. He died on the cross to pay the price and penalty for our sins. But even before he went down to death, it was foretold that he would rise again from the land of the graves, that he would lie, rise again from, from the dead. And that's exactly what he did on the third day. He rose back up from the land of the dead. But he didn't just come back and, and appear to his people, which is what he did. No, he actually rose even higher and sat down on his throne in heaven. He ascended to heaven. See, even in the story, it's a picture of what he came to do. God came to earth to pay for our sins through his death. Jesus dies on the cross, rose again from the dead, and is now seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. That's the incredible story of Christmas. You say, well, that, that is a beautiful story, but... What does that have to do with me, like, literally right now with my problems that I have, like, here? Like, I'm going to leave here and go back to. You know, I, I think that as kids, we eventually, and I think it's around that one years old mark, you know, as kids, we eventually realize, like, this isn't, like, the whole point. It's, this is the point, okay? You know, it's the gift. It's not the wrapping. But you know what I think we so often do at um, Christmas time? Christmas time, um, it's just the wrapping of Christmas that we look to. You know, maybe you've had the feeling kind of coming into the Christmas season, you know, we passed through Thanksgiving and you're like, you know what, it's been such a hard year. I'm just looking forward to just the Christmas stuff. I'm looking forward to the Christmas foods and the get-togethers. I'm looking forward to the gifts. I'm looking forward to maybe even the Christmas services. I'm just looking forward to maybe family coming in town or going to see family or I'm just looking forward to all that. It would be just a nice distraction from a year like this. You know what, all that stuff, and nothing, none of that's bad. So that's really beautiful stuff, but that's just... That's just wrapping. That's all that is. And ultimately, wrapping is not enough to captivate your hope. It's the gift of Christmas that can captivate your hope. You say, okay, I heard the story, but what does that have to do with my life? Because, you know, I've got real things. Maybe for you, you're saying, look, I've got real financial struggles. I've got real insecurity with my job, or I'm, I don't have a job, or I've had real health concerns, or I'm dealing with real grief, or I'm dealing with real frustrations with many things, and, and all the anger and contention of this year, I'm just dealing with a lot of things. How does it affect those actual things? Well, I want you to hear one more set of verses, and I want you to try 
to imagine with me because it's so rich, it's so powerful, it's so beautiful, we can barely grasp the truth of this. Just Let's just hang on these words and I want you to try and understand what the Bible is saying to us because so many of you, you probably came here, maybe you're watching online and you said, look, I think the Bible is about how to keep God from being mad at you. It's probably a list of rules to do so that you can keep God off your back and maybe you can be good enough to get to heaven. And so the Bible doesn't feel like it gives me a lot of hope. The Bible feels like it gives me a lot of chores to do spiritually. But that's not what this book says. I want you to hear what this says. I want you to hear what God has to say to you. Please hear this. Ephesians chapter 2 says in verse 4, But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us. Did you hear that? Even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Can you hear the message that that God wants to say to you today? He's saying because of his love for you, your sin, Jesus came to take away your sins and your past, your shame, all of that stuff that has been put to death with Jesus. It's dead and buried with Jesus and all your old self was buried with Jesus, but Jesus rose again from the dead. And what it says is you rose with Jesus. It says that eventually one day, if, we, if we're in Jesus, if we have Jesus, we too will rise and spend eternity with Jesus in heaven. That's the story. So let me just bring it down just one more level down to earth to where we're at. Here's what that means. If you are with Jesus, if you're in Jesus, if Jesus is your savior, if Jesus is your king, here's what this means for your life right now. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, here's what this means for whatever your circumstances are. It means that your trajectory is the same as Jesus. Your trajectory of rising up is the same as Jesus. That's a word spoken over your life. In other words, that right now, regardless of what your circumstances are, regardless of how bleak they look, right now, God is working all of those circumstances together for your good. It is going to turn out for your good. You can't see what's coming. You may be just holding on to just a shred of hope. You may say, look, it's hard for me to expect good right now in my life. It's hard for me to expect good right now with my career, with my family, with my city, with my, with my nation, with my world. It's hard for me to expect good. But if you are with Christ... He is working that together for good so you can hope and have expectancy in your future that regardless of how low you feel right now, you will rise with Christ out of these circumstances. The hope is not in the pretty music at Christmas. It's not in the, in the good food. It's not in the parties. It's not in the Christmas services. That's not hope. That's distractions. The hope is found in Jesus. He's our living hope. Whatever you're at right now, if you are in Christ, you can have hope. So then here's my question for you, for you here, sitting here 
with us tonight. For those of you watching online, maybe some of you watching here locally, maybe you're watching a long way away. Maybe you're sitting alone. Maybe you're sitting with friends. Maybe you're sitting on your couch. Simple question. Are you with Jesus? Are you in Jesus? Is he your savior? Is he your king? I'm not saying act a little more religiously. I'm not saying go to church a little more necessarily. I'm not saying it's about acting a little bit more like a Christian. I'm saying do you have Jesus? He's the gift and he's the living hope. And if you don't have Jesus, you can receive him as a free gift. God the Father is offering him as your Savior and your Lord and your King. He takes away your sins. And he's the King you can follow all your life. I want to take this moment to lead us in a prayer. Would everyone just take a moment, just bow your head and close your eyes. Everyone in the room where you're watching online, would you just take a moment, bow your head and close your eyes. Do you want to receive Jesus right now? Don't miss this moment. Don't go into another year not knowing Jesus and having Jesus, being in Jesus, being saved by Jesus, being guided by Jesus, being led by Jesus, making Jesus not just a piece of your life, making Jesus the God over your life. Are you ready to surrender to him? If you are, let me just lead you in a simple prayer. So if you're sitting here, just very simple, just repeat this prayer to him. Just silently right there. Just repeat the words after me. If you're watching online, just repeat these words right there. Make this your prayer to Jesus. Just say this, Jesus, I receive you as my Savior. I believe you brought forgiveness to me by dying on the cross. I believe the story. I believe you rose again from the dead. I believe that you are God. And I believe that you're the true king. And I will follow after you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if that was your prayer just then, I want you to know your eternity shifted. That your eternity now, because of Jesus as your savior, Jesus as your Lord and king, your eternity will never be the same. And now you can walk through life with a king. I want you to know how excited we are. In fact, church, can we just celebrate with those who put their faith in Jesus today? That's incredible. For those of you who put your faith in Jesus, your eternity will never be the same. And so I, I don't want this meeting, this moment to be skipped over. This is too significant. So here's what I want to invite you to do. For those of you watching online, there's a link right there. It's cityrev.org faith. Would you just take a second, just click that link. Um, that's a way you can just say, yeah, I'm, I put my faith in Jesus. Just take a moment, click that link. Um, here's why we're, we're going to ask you a few questions so we can send you a Bible. This is too important of a journey to do this all on your own. If you're sitting here, here's what I want to ask you to do. If that was your prayer just then, then at the end of this service, just take two minutes, just two minutes at the end of the service. And before you leave, right outside, there's, a, there's some tents and there's a guest services tent. If that was your prayer, take two minutes, swing by there. And uh, let them know that you put your faith in Jesus. They have a Bible for you. They're going to put it in your hand. You're going to walk out of here with a Bible so you can continue on this journey. 
So I want you to take a moment and do that so we can celebrate um, with you. Do that at the end of the service. Well, church, we're going to continue in a time of worship and a time of reflection. We're going to continue to just lift our voices and worship our King. He can, he, he's alive, so he hears our words. Let's sing these to him. Let's just take a moment of reflection together. Thanks for listening. For more resources and to check out other teaching series, please visit our website at cityrev.org. If you would like to speak to somebody about beginning a relationship with Jesus or ask any questions you have about this teaching, you can email us at podcast at cityrev.org.